your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. I should have did this. Do 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 do. I should have did that, Mitch. I forgot. <laughs> I I was listening to uh, the the like top songs of the 2010s. Or two thousand, right. yeah, two thousand tens, and that I don't. Bruce Bruno Mars is that a Bruno? I don't know who sings that song. Bruno Mars, yeah. Uh, yeah. Your old uh, theme song for a while that I think you mm-hmm. regretted. That's Mayor Mitch Reynolds. He's on Lacrosse Talk PM today. I didn't put his old theme song up. Uh, mm. You regretted that after a week, right, of hearing that song or not? I did. Because <laughs> you're because you're the 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 intro before that was it was uh, you know. I don't know. I liked it. It was, you know, had some quote. He had that guy uh, reading some quotes, and um, I don't know. But it might have been too serious. Your old intro. Yeah, I think that uh, I like that one better. Uh, but that's what happens when you um, you give uh, creative control to an operations manager. <laughs> the uh, the clown music that you played on Friday that should be my intro. I think that's that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> the circus, circus, right? Like the the circus. Yeah, it was. yeah. That, was um, stuff. that should be mine. I have that guy saying the same thing, but in the background, it's has something to complain about. Um, all right. Well, let's let's get into before we get into everything. And I do this to you every week, but this happens every or every month. But this happens every month. Last week, a week ago, today, Johnny Davis, lacrosse native, scored thirty-seven points against the third-ranked team in the nation. Um, I don't, did you watch that game? Because that's I, pretty yeah, incredible. Yeah. No, that was pretty amazing. It's funny because I had a conversation with somebody who is uh, Logan High School, one, on the Logan High School coaching staff, and I asked about coaching against Johnny Davis. Just It was the day after. You know, like coaching against Johnny Davis during those years that he was uh, during while well, he was in high school here at Central. And, um, and really it was, you know, there was that, that time when Johnny was, uh, a freshman that, uh, you know, Kobe King was here. Bailey was here. Uh, we had these Bailey Kale, uh, we had these, this, that great core at central high school. And so when Johnny was a freshman, it wasn't, it wasn't that, it was like, eh, you know, okay, that's cool. Uh, people, the teams played off him a little bit because it wasn't as much of a threat. And then the sophomore year, he just kind of took over. And what we've seen happen is basically the same thing at Wisconsin is that last year, what do you average? Like, Seven, seven, seven straight. Seven, right. Yep. Yeah, and and it was kind of him deferring and him just like, okay, cool, I'll I'll lay off, and then this year he's just taken over. And the crazy thing is, is that I mean, before he went to Wisconsin, you know, talking to people who really understood college game and that they were looking at him as not a Division One prospect, honestly. And I'm like, dude, really? Because I feel like he is, but it, there was that sense that you know he's good he maybe not quite as good as we're all thinking that he is but clearly he's as good as we're all thinking that he was but the thing that sets him apart this was what i was talking with this uh, logan coach i was talking about is that his drive his his desire to get over the top his desire to win really propels him and uh he might not be as you know athletically fluid as his brother but his that like intensity is what puts him over the top. And he's just, frankly, amazing to watch. I can't, his, the, he, like, the way that he steals the ball, it's just, it's, it, I, I'm, this is, it's every single game. It's like that steal, that rip, that dunk. Um, it's, it's fun to watch. It really is fun to watch. And I'm just, I'm just, it's so exciting to see. I can still take him, I think. 
um, on you know one on one, but uh, you know, uh, but he's pretty good. As mayor, do you want him to stay in Madison for one more year and be able to promote lacrosse from Madison or go to the NBA? Because I feel like if he goes to the NBA, at least for a few years, he's going to go into obscurity, kind of like uh, Matt Thomas. Yeah, agreed with that. Agreed with that. Uh, he's a different player than Matt. Matt's a better shooter. Johnny's got this crossover that's faster than you know just any college, I think any college player out there. Um, but I, but not any NBA player. So I kind of want him his, to stick around. What? Yeah. What is his NBA comp from your perspective? I mean, who is just even right now or in recent history, who is his NBA comp? Well, I don't, I don't, I've never thought about that. But he's a he's a guard that can't shoot yet. <laughs> so yeah. no, he's, I know he's, he's that's not, not quite, gonna not quite a shooter yet. Yeah. And he's and he relies on quickness. And he's he, you know what? He this is terrible. But he he plays a lot like Jordan because he wants to shoot. 16 foot fadeaways he's playing an 80s style basketball game right now because he's he kills him with the crossover gets in to about 10 to 16 feet away and shoots a, a pull-up jumper which is what jordan did not that he's jordan but that's his i, I wonder if he watches a lot of jordan or kobe even would do that. yeah i was trying to think like you know i was thinking about like it, get rid of the crossover you know content because that's obviously important to his game but i was i was actually thinking the way that he plays defense reminds me you know the defense and the scoring ability and that that gadget that you know that that Swiss Army knife kind of guy reminds me a little bit more of, of Pippen, um, and maybe a little bit of Paul Pierce. So I don't know. I yeah. could be wrong. He's too short though. He's six five. He he's he's, yeah, he's, he's not five. a short guard, but he's a short guard. Uh, he doesn't shoot yeah, well I enough. I, I can totally totally take him. I totally take him. I want him. I I've had this conversation with Grant Bills at WKTY. I I think maybe because his brother is in Madison and his brother will be in Madison next year for sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe that keeps Jordan there where they can play significant minutes together on the court at the same time. Maybe that's our only hope for him staying because he's going to be a top three pick now. And uh, who's going to pass up a, a you know eight million dollar a year guaranteed contract? No, I still think he's. I mean. I don't think he's top three. I think he's lottery for sure, but not top three. Well, Sports Illustrated, before he had 37 points, had him number five. Oh, no kidding. Really? Okay, yeah. well, I'll take it back then. All right. Fair enough. Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like enough. he. I feel like when you drop 37 on the number three ranked team in the nation, you are... That was pretty good. That was a pretty good game. <laughs> no Badger. Badgers right. just what don't else? do that. Nothing else to talk about here, so we'll call it a night. Yeah. Bye, Rick. Yeah, see you later. Thanks for joining. Um, yeah, I want to, well, you know, I do this every time. I, I'm, what I do, what I'm doing, Mitch, uh, off the record here is I'm warming you up and then I'm going to yeah. get, because when we come back, Cat Talk PM is going to resume. Oh, We're going to talk about this. It. Okay, love you it. remember a couple of years ago, the county was trying to do the 1.1% per, uh, to quote unquote tourism tax? Yeah. That's what you that. guys, that's what you deviants in the city council are trying to do right now with this cat talk. We'll be back. All right. Welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM 608-785-7914. Mayor Mitch Reynolds on with us. Haven't talked about any business. So what do you want to do? Cat talk radio, sidewalk shoveling radio. What do you want to do first, Mitch? I, you know, whatever you'd like, Rick, I'm, you know, it's your show. You should you should uh, you should direct traffic here. All right, so um, let's do shovel talk radio because I think Cat sure. Talk PM uh, after the hour. I've done Cat Talk PM every day, but I think I think maybe I did it every day last week. But we'll do that wow. in, after the even with the Senate candidate. I think I did Cat Talk PM with Sarah Godlewski. 
That's awesome. I got okay. I got U.S. senators on this thing, man. And cat talk. Yeah. Potential Great. potential U.S. senators. All right. So first yep. first off, uh, the board of public meet, uh, board of public works meets every day at ten o'clock. Right? Ten or not? Ten. Every, every Monday. Every Monday. Uh, every day. Yeah. Not every Monday. Yeah. Every Monday at 10 o'clock. So, I, I mean, how much public participation do you get in that, aside from, uh, hey, I don't want to pay a shoveling fee? Not a lot. Uh, it depends on the issue. And it's been, yeah, it depends on the issue. There's sometimes there, that, you know, and, and oftentimes when we get public participation, it has to do with parking. So uh, parking and, and, as you mentioned, shoveling, there will be appeals to uh, shoveling um uh, clearing, uh, uh, you know, fines for clearing sidewalks and things like that. Uh, but generally speaking, there's there's tends to be not a, not a ton of public participation. Have you gotten Have you gotten to experience the excuse making for I didn't shovel my sidewalk? Please don't charge me, or do you or not yet? Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, I think my I want to say maybe not the very first, but one of the first uh, board of public works meetings last spring involved uh, appeals for uh, snow shoveling. Um, so, yeah, this is something that, you know, the Board of Public Works is a quasi-judicial body in certain circumstances, so it hears appeals for uh, on issues like this, for instance, uh, when, when people get ticketed, uh, or not ticketed, but uh, charged for uh, for our, uh, our contractor to clear their sidewalks, um, that if they want to appeal that, that appeal goes before the Board of Public Works. Do you love the wording on the city's page where you're charged two fifty a linear foot, but you're also charged a seventy five dollar administration fee, but you're also charged a seventy five to a hundred dollar ticket, but you're also charged a processing fee to that ticket? It just seems like a lot of like, man, that's a that's a lot of you know extra overcharge. I think that's Putty's uh, line on uh, Seinfeld when Seinfeld's buying a car, a used car from Putty. He's like, what is this extra yeah. overcharge? What is that? Yeah. Uh- and we we do uh, so the the linear charge is something that uh, we are that so our our contract we so we hire a contractor and this is subject to bids and then that occurs you know earlier in the year or so over the previous year and that contractor is the one that cleans the sidewalks for us and uh, we pay them from that fee so there's the administration fee for that that's at seventy five dollars I don't. To my, I don't believe we're we ticket anyone. So the citation is not something that, and I and I won't say anyone, but I, I to my knowledge, we, I don't think that we've done a lot of ticketing, uh, and that's been tradition for the city of Lacrosse on this uh, this, this uh, sidewalk ordinance. Is typically we don't ticket. We just charge for the, the snow removal and the administration fee. Yeah, that makes sense because in, in my head, uh, and just the enlightening that yeah. I've had the last couple of years, tickets for parking for for stuff like this really affects poor people a lot worse. You know, not that they shouldn't shovel their sidewalks, but if I'm making thirty grand a year and you charge me, you know, one hundred fifty bucks to shovel my sidewalk slash, slash processing fee, uh, and I'm making two hundred grand a year, I don't really that that's nothing. I don't even care about a ticket there, but. Um, what if we hired – so in St. Paul, I believe in the Twin Cities, they are uh, short janitors. So they're going to hire students to clean the schools, not not the bathrooms or locker rooms or stuff like that, but just classrooms, two hours a, a pop, $15 an hour. What if we did this in the cross? We hire kids, 15 bucks an hour, uh, to shovel sidewalks, and then nobody has to do it. Hmm. 
Uh, we don't have any. We don't have anything in the budget to pay for that. That would be one thing. Um, you know, this is something that we expect our property owners to be responsible for in the city of La Crosse to make sure that there's accessibility for all of our citizens. That would be individuals in wheelchairs as well as walkers, anybody walking at all. We have a very significant uh, proportion of our population that is elderly and is very difficult to get around on a snowy sidewalk or uh, a sidewalk that is uh, compacted snow and ice. And so we expect the uh, people who are property owners within our city to make sure that their sidewalks are clear from snow and ice so that there is uh, so that, that there's uh, available mobility for all of our citizens. And um, so that responsibility has is borne by those property owners and not something that uh, the city as a whole, uh, in other words, all of the taxpayers are expected to pay for. Uh, so I would not be in favor of that. I think that if you own uh, property and, and have 50 feet, 75 feet, or in the case of my neighbor, like something like 150 feet of uh, sidewalk, that uh, you ha- you take on that responsibility of making sure that sidewalk is clear of snow and ice. We need like the, each neighborhood association to like have either a snowblower or a four-wheeler, and then just somebody just zooms up and down the sidewalk in every neighborhood. And it'll be done like an hour. I think if you had a four-wheeler and you could go like 35, as long as you're not running people over, you could get it yeah, done. Yeah, I think avoid running people over <laughs> would be one of the goals. Yeah, and that's something that, and Rick, this is something that people do with alleys, right? So they get their neighbors together. They say, you know, they hire somebody to come plow their alleys. Yeah. Uh, and if not, then it's individuals snow blowing here and there, shoveling here and there, or not doing anything at all. Uh, but we don't, the city does not plow alleys. And so um, the, you know, uh, we, uh, neighbors get together, they, they, they put money in a pot and, um, and they hire somebody to come plow an alley. We, that could certainly be the same thing that is done with sidewalks to this point. I'm not sure how many uh, neighborhoods do that. And I'm, and I, I'm just bringing this up because the board met this week, public, yep. public works board met this morning. But uh, are there a lot of not shoveled sidewalks? Do we hear that complaint a lot, or do you hear that complaint a lot? So far, our contractor, the estimate is our contractor has cleared about 120 different uh, uh, sidewalks in front of properties. So, yeah, so there's there's quite a few. That's just the ones they've gotten to. Mm-hmm. That's that's certainly, I mean, I can drive around the city right now and find sidewalks that are not cleared. Yeah, that that's a lot, I think, considering we, we haven't had a ton of snow, but... Um. All right, so let's move from sidewalks to the the Chamber of Commerce. And we got like four minutes before the break, but we'll just start this conversation. The Chamber of Commerce building sold out from under you, I'll call it, from out from under you in the county. Um, I I feel like the promotion that you guys wanted to do something for the homeless using this Chamber of Commerce building in downtown La Crosse as like a hub, a headquarters, so to speak, and then you were going to build bridge housing in the parking lot that promoted this property for it was it was like free advertising for whoever was selling the property, and then it got all kinds of other interest, and then it sold uh, for two point one million dollars. But that's something that's a dilemma for the city and the county, right? Because you have to announce you're you're looking into this. Because if you didn't, maybe you would. If you would, if you didn't announce it, you might have had the building. We, we took an unusual step in joining our executive committees of the county board and the city council together. Really a historic meeting. I mean, I, I don't remember any time in the past that's been done. It may have been done, but I don't remember it. And, and any, anybody that was involved doesn't remember ever there being a joint executive uh, meeting either. But our executive committees got together, and in doing so, that had to be an open meeting. 
So there had to be some level of transparency there. Uh, so there's no question that that certainly played into the uh, lack of our ability to uh, close the deal on this particular building. And you know what? There's other properties that we're going to be looking at. And I, the Chamber of Commerce uh, Board of Directors, made the right decision for their organization. They fulfilled their fiduciary responsibility to make sure that they were uh, they were making the best deal for uh, for their their members as they possibly could. So I, I don't I I certainly hold them blameless. Uh, that was the right decision and something any business would make. Uh, and we will continue to look for properties that fulfill our needs to uh, you know to make sure that we're hitting our goals of of cre- uh, creating a community where we have homelessness at a functional zero level. And uh, that will include bridge housing and a lot of other things as well, including just increasing the amount of housing that we have, addressing issues upstream so that we mitigate negative outcomes downstream, uh, that we increase the amount of mental, uh, mental health issues that we're addressing, as well as addressing addiction issues. I mean, there's any number of different things that we're trying to do to address homelessness in our community. The important part is that I believe it's a moral imperative for us to do so as a community as a wider, broader community, not just in the city of La Crosse either. I mean the entire region because, uh, you know, the city of La Crosse has almost all of the unsheltered population within our midst, but, uh, but it is definitely a regional issue, and I think we need to address it as such. But we also, I believe, have an obligation from a moral standpoint to, to do so. We have an obligation to address the needs of those who are most vulnerable in our population, and that's part of what this is. Now, when you heard that the building sold, did you, if you had one of those like yellow foam cheese bricks that you throw at the TV when you know Rogers throws a pick, I mean, you heard that news, you would have thrown that at whatever you you know the radio or the 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 computer you were reading. I mean, you're probably pretty disappointed, right? I mean, I don't know if you were enraged, but that was probably yeah. that was really disappointing. I'm sure. I mean, as a funny image, but no, I think that you know you, you get the news. There's is. It's not good news or bad news. It's just news, and you just have to move on and uh, and move on to the to the next idea. I mean, we always understood that that was a risk that there would be one of two outcomes uh, because we had to, we did this in a very public way. There would be one of two outcomes for other potential buyers that someone would come along and buy it and then want to sell it to the city and county and make a profit, which has happened in the past. The other outcome is that someone would want to buy it to prevent us from doing what we wanted to do, which is basically what happened. Uh, we knew that those were the risks of being uh, of, of engaging in this activity in a very public way. And that's what happened, and it is what it is, and we just move on. It's fine. That's Mayor Mitch Reynolds. When we come back, Cat Talk PM. And we'll probably stick with the homeless thing for a little bit, too, as well. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM, soon to be Cat Talk PM with Mayor Mitch Reynolds. <laughs> uh, not, yes. not yet, though. I want to I wanna okay. do a couple things. We were talking about homeless, and I did it too late. Like, hey, let's do a homeless talk with four minutes to go in the segment. Um, we were talking about the chamber building getting sold from under you. This is a dilemma that the just probably government has when they want to do something. And this is, you know, you talk about how incredible it is that the county and the city work together and try to do this. Uh, the fire the fire department a couple of years ago wanted to build an administrative center, I think, just near um, Market Street. That fire department put it there somewhere, and they were going to buy some land. But everyone knows exactly how much the city has to sell, to, to use, to buy the land because it's all public record. Oh, you have a yep. million dollars to use? Well, the yep. price just went up to a million dollars. That's kind of the dilemma. I mean, I, there's no there's no way around that, right? 
Yeah, I mean, you, there are certain strategies that we can employ that are allowed by Wisconsin law that we can be a little bit more circumspect. That was not something that was done in this particular case. And I, and I just want to make sure that we're clear that we didn't, nobody sold anything out from underneath us. The Chamber of Commerce took a, you know, accepted a better offer on, on their property, and that's a very reasonable thing to do. It's something that if you're selling any property and you know, you, someone comes at you with a cash offer for the asking price and it's above the offer, other offers that are coming in, you take the cash offer for the asking price. That's the smart thing to do as a business, and that's what the Chamber of Commerce did. They, you know, they there, there were no contingencies, to my knowledge. There were no contingencies. It was a cash offer. It was closing within a couple of weeks before the end of the year. I mean, it's difficult to do better than that. And um, you're saying I don't, that I, I don't blame them at all. I mean, I think that the board of directors there made a reasonable and prudent decision that was in the best interest of their members. So nobody sold anything out from underneath us. We just didn't have the right offer. Right. And but well, the city and the county didn't come to the chamber building with a burlap sack with a dollar sign on it and go, here's our cash offer. Take um, it. <laughs> I thought that might be a good idea, but I was talked out of it. Talked out of it. Um, yeah. And that's a dilemma. And now now going forward, I mean, right we right away, you know, just because it's easy, you just go, hey, there's three shop codes, There's a Kmart. Put the homeless thing. Put the homeless headquarters there. Uh, is there any other like is the, the if I if we have a conversation about it now, Mitch, then people know that the city and the county are looking at. But is there any other buildings? And can is it smart to talk about that? What you needed to do, Mitch, is when you. When you decided, hey, we're going to buy this building, you de- you de- de- uh, you bury it under 15 PDFs, and then it takes me to download. I got to download 15 PDFs before I finally find out that the county and the city are uh, joining forces to buy the chamber building. Do that for this next building, and then nobody sure. will ever find it. Uh, and this is an opportunity for me to say for any property owners out there who are looking for a centrally uh, a buyer for their centrally located property, uh, we are in the market. Um, we're looking for, you know, I don't, I don't have a, a strict parameter on size of the lot. I know the Chamber of Commerce building was on a one-and-a-half-acre lot. I'm less concerned about the building and more concerned about the space. So if you got anywhere from, I don't know, half-acre to an acre, acre and a quarter, you got something, let us know. Come to me, come call me, and let me know what you got because we're buying. So let me know. Can you put that out on, like, the Facebook page, maybe in Marketplace, ISO, in search of one and a half yeah. acres? <laughs> about Facebook, Facebook Marketplace would probably be the best place to put that. Yeah. yeah. And then, okay, so the chamber building's obviously downtown. Does it matter? Yeah. I mean, I mean, you're, if this is going to be a county-city effort, I mean, you could put this anywhere in the county. Does it make sense to have a homeless headquarters probably in a more uh, in a location where homeless people congregate more because then they can get to that headquarters easier? This is not homeless headquarters. What it is is bridge housing is what we're looking for. And then in that bridge housing, will there be spaces for um, both the county and um, hopefully our private public, our private nonprofit service agencies to uh, provide services? Uh, I don't, I don't know where the idea of a concept of a homeless headquarters came from, but I that's just made what it we're up. looking at. This will be we'll be developing bridge housing for anywhere from I, you know, I don't know we're looking at maybe sixty individuals that type of thing. I just made it up. HHQ, Homeless Headquarters. Yeah, and that's something, you know, location is important uh, because the services that are provided for individuals who face the biggest, the, 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 you know, the, the most significant barriers are typically in the downtown area. And that can be, you know, the county will be providing 
services and will be operating this building. This is not going to be something the city operates. Mm-hmm. So the county will be providing services. All the county, um, all the rest of the county services are provided uh, you know, centrally from the downtown. There's also, you know, we have to be uh, cognizant that, that some of the folks that we're dealing with need to be in touch with uh, justice sanctions and uh, have to uh, be near the courthouse at times. Uh, there's got to be places for them to have access to food and uh, for other, um, you know, other 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 things that they need just to, to, to live a life. So, uh, and, and typically they don't have transportation. So, having a central location is pretty key. And being close to other government buildings seems like a really good idea. Yeah, that would have been perfect. The chamber building, clearly. Um, number yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it would have been would have been pretty ideal. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, number three is calling. And now both lines are number, say number three, so one of these is going to be dial tone, but we'll go with this one. Number right. three, are you there? No. Okay. And then we'll try this one. How about number three, are you there? I'm here. All right, here we go. Go ahead. You're on with Mitch. Well, it so- sounds like the good old days <laughs> with the talk show. Yeah, okay. Well, anyway, here's the thing. I was watching the news out in Los Angeles the other day, and they got the homeless people right down by the county buildings, the city buildings. The chief of police said that's the worst thing they ever did was putting the campground down there. Mm-hmm. And here we want to move them all downtown. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's all a little right. bit different, a campground versus um, a, a bridge housing development. Now, do, you own, do we own the airport, the old airport, Mitch? Is that land of law to the city of La Crosse? The old airport? The old airport. Not the new one, the old one. Ooh, I, There's I'm a new airport and an old airport. We'll the old, old airport, airport is where the airport used to be. They're knocking down all the buildings up there. Why don't you put your uh, homeless shelter up there? I don't, okay. I'm not entirely sure where the old airport... Well, I thought that was more in the central location of the city by division or something like that. I'm not entirely, I don't know. I don't know where the old airport is. Even I thought it was by the old McDonald's or something like that. Uh, even, even putting the, that bridge housing headquarters uh, on French Island, if the city, you know, the, by the airport, that wouldn't be ideal either, right? No, and I, I think he was referring to some other place. I'm not sure where that would be. But, yeah, um, yeah I mean, again, the, the important part, for this particular population, I don't want to belabor this, but I mean, the particular the, one of the most important things is to make sure that they're that there's close to central uh, centrally located services. And, yeah. You know, and again, this is just it's just housing for those individuals. It's uh, you know, it, it provides it's bridge housing so that we can get from basically shelter to permanent housing, and this is this provides a bridge for them to get to that point. All right, that's Mayor Mitch Reynolds. All right, I want to make a real smooth transition here because you're not in studio. I told you not to come because just I, the Omicron yep. thing is going out of control, um, yep. the virus anyway. So it, had you been in studio, this would have been perfect because Kentucky Fried Chicken has come out with today. Today they've done their meatless chicken, and we were gonna we were gonna sample it today. I don't know. Have you oh. gone to KFC today to try their Beyond Meat? chicken i don't know if they're doing it at they're doing four thousand locations there's a kfc it's got one of the best properties in all of lacrosse right there on the river uh i don't know if you've headed over there for uh beyond meat meatless kfc 
I did not, and I wasn't sure where you were going with this. I thought we were gonna we were you were gonna make a segue into cats. Nope. I was trying to figure out how you're gonna get from chicken to cat. That'll be a new thinking, that'll be a new transition. Cats eating chickens, something like that. So I wasn't really, told, but I have not. No. No. Okay. It would have been fun to have because you know number three talks about the old times. Well, the old times would be number three bringing us chicken. Bring he hasn't chicken. done that since. Yeah. By the way, he doesn't he doesn't do that for me. He only did that when you were here. So you can clearly sure. see where his uh you know where he lies. Who he likes better, I guess. Right. Um, all right. Another smooth transition. Cat talk radio. Yeah. So when when the legislation was proposed, uh, it literally not does not say feral cats. It says community cats, quote unquote, community cats, thirty times. Is this uh, is this something like the uh, tourism tax, where we're, it's not actually tourism tax? It's just a tax on everything, all the goods, pretty much all the goods in La Crosse County. Uh, this is just a, just an ability to not kill, you know, to talk about. Uh, what to do with feral cats in the city? Why doesn't it say feral cats? That's a really good question. I had I hadn't actually thought of that until uh, just uh, the other day, and I was looking at that because there was there is a distinction between feral cats and stray cats. Because um, a stray cat is some is a cat that typically has been lost or abandoned, and a feral cat is you know wild. They're a wild animal, and there is a significant difference. The the it's just. And I, I think that that will be part of our, our conversation on Thursday when before the city council because I'm not sure why that distinction was not made. But the idea of a community cat is still the same, and the idea is that these are cats that live in the community, oftentimes in places where they get fed or where there's a, a food source of some other kind. And um, you know, they're yeah, it's I guess the concept is still the same. Well, but, they, yeah, the distinction should be made that in general. We're looking at feral cats, and you can see the difference. Like a commuter, like a, a stray cat will come up to you, and they'll want, you know, they'll, they'll, they won't be skittish around you, and they'll, they'll beg for food, or they'll, you know, they'll want attention or something like that. A feral cat don't want anything to do with you. Right, and here's the thing, Mitch, is when, uh, when the, the Humane Society came on with me last week. A community cat, so that I put the milk out, I put the little, like a warm bowl of milk, and the little cat goes between my legs a couple of times, and I pet it, and then, you know, see you later, cat, maybe I'll see you tomorrow, because I don't want a cat in my house, because litter boxes, and they're gross. And, yeah, sure. Um, yep, yep, yep. That cat, if the the Humane Society gets that cat, they're not spaying and neutering and fixing, and then putting it back. That cat's going for adoption. So that cat is never going back to that community. So I'm not going to report that cat to the Humane Society because I want it to live there longer. I want my quote-unquote community cat because it's nice, and I don't want the Humane Society because if the Humane Society takes it, I get dibs on adoption fees, but those fees will be – I get dibs on adoption, but the adoption fee will be between 30 and and $100. Okay. I mean, certainly you've made an argument uh, against this, but I will tell you that our the TNBR uh, process, uh, the trap – uh, neuter, vaccinate, and re- return process is something that's been done in hundreds of communities and it has a proven success record of taking uh, cats and and uh, and, uh, and sterilizing essentially the population over time so that there are fewer cats, fewer cats in the community, fewer feral cats in the community. And this results in a number of different things. Not only does it decrease costs for communities such as ours, that means uh, the uh, just decreased amount of tax dollars that are going to to animal control, but it also helps uh, um, it helps stabilize the the feline population by through sterilization and through sterilization. Also, there are fewer 
uh, litter, so there's less of a need to hunt, which means that there's less of an impact, a negative impact, on the songbird population and other mammals that cats routinely kill. Uh, and it won't, and then the the cat population again decreases over time because you're sterilizing cats, but you're not removing them from the environment. Once you remove cats from, once we take away your cat with the milk, there's another cat that's going to come. That doesn't mean the cats go away forever. It means another cat's going to come and and take up that spot because it's a friendly place for that cat to be. So if we have uh, you know, a if we have this really this a very kind person on Heschler Drive, I'm just using as an example. I don't know if there's anybody there that feeds cats. We got one person over there that feeds a whole community of cats. Let's say there's five cats that are there. The Humane Society comes and picks up those cats and takes them away. You know what's going to happen? There'll be more cats that show up there, and that has been proven over and over and over again. If we do this process through this TNVR process, which again is practiced internationally, not just in the United States, but internationally. If we use this proven process, we will help reduce the number of cats overall, we'll stabilize the population, we'll decrease the amount of wildlife that is killed by these, you know, these invasive predators, is essentially what they are, and we'll also, uh, we're also going to accept the fact that that really nice, wonderful, warm person on Hester Drive, who, again, doesn't exactly exist, I'm just using it as a hypothetical, that person fulfills his or her need to do a nice thing by feeding these cats that uh, that we otherwise would not recommend they do. So this is, this is it's complex. It's a long-term solution. It fills all of the needs that we have not been able to do so far in this community. Our cat population continues to grow. We continue to see a significant depletion of our small mammal slash songbird population because of it. And this is really the, one of the only ways to go about removing uh, those uh, encumbrances on our community, as well as decreasing costs over the long term. So you think that there's science behind if you spare or neuter a cat, then therefore the cat won't hunt anymore? There is less of a need. It's not not about a lack of a need to hunt. They're still going to hunt. They don't need to do as much of it. Think about it. If you are... are, Well, if they're not pregnant... uh, (laughs) If if you're not pregnant, you don't have to feed as much. I mean, you don't have to... There's not as much you have to eat. Right. If you're um, there's any number, regardless, uh, I'm not I can't quote the science. I can say that this is this is based in science (laughs) and and that's why it's been utilized in hundreds of communities around the U.S. At the committee, because it it actually works. And and I don't know if if Heather from the Humane Society was on and and talked about this, uh, about the number of communities that use this. And did you have Heather on or somebody else? I had Heather on. We didn't talk about okay. how 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 much it's used beyond this. But did did uh, during the committee meeting last week? Did they bring on? I know you brought on some pro cat groups. Was there any uh, was there any opposition groups that that spoke out? Like I didn't I didn't bring on anybody. Uh, I don't not you. We didn't, we didn't invite anybody to come. Uh, right. This was there, there was a public hearing where people showed up. But to my knowledge, there wasn't anybody who spoke out against it. No. So when the word "feral" isn't in the legislation, does the word get the the word "feral" get put into the legislation, and therefore it's pushed back another month, and we do cat talk radio for thirty more days? Gosh, I hope so because this is super fun. <laughs> uh, I think that it, I, I don't I don't know if we need to do that in the definitions. I think that it was pretty clear. I don't know. That's a really good question. I think that we'll have that conversation probably on Thursday, Heather was at the meeting on yep. uh, on last Tuesday, 
and made that distinction between stray cat and feral cat. I don't think there's any real misunderstanding about what that means. I, well, uh, I, I hear we keep, I hear yeah. community cats, and I think of the cuddly little cat that's outside, rolls, roams between my legs a couple of times. That's a community cat to me. But if yeah. you change that yeah. to feral, yeah. and, and I get it, like who wants to kill cats? But the, she told me that they do about 36, they have to euthanize 36 uh, feral cats a year. So that's that's not that doesn't seem like a lot, but also it's awful. Like you got to do that. Yeah, there's there's a ton of pressure, you know, and the costs keep going up because of what they need to do to uh, to uh, uh, to make sure that they're addressing all the needs of this population. Um, and so that's again costs that are borne by the taxpayers of the city of La Crosse. What I'm trying to do is address that in the long term, so that. We don't have continually increasing costs because of our ever-growing cat population. Uh, yeah, that's a and significant. That's a significant cost factor for the people of City of La Crosse. Yeah, and, and she if said, I, if, we're, "If we want to save money, this is how we need to start doing it." Yeah, and she said it wouldn't cost the program wouldn't cost the taxpayer anything because they're going to get grants and other outside funding. But also, Correct. it's not a it's not lessening the burden on the Humane Society because the, it's more of a burden for them because they have to do more as, as opposed to just. They've already caught the cat. Now it's feral. Either euthanize it, or now they got to spay it, uh, vaccinate it, and then put it back. That's more, that's more work. But she she was for it. Again, long term, it actually saves costs. So, I mean, we can't you know don't look at it as what happens tomorrow. We we need to really start thinking strategically in a long term way in the city. And we tend to think, well, what's going to happen next year? And that's been some poor leadership within um, the city of Lacrosse. Uh, and I think that it's. It's much more, it's far more important for us to think, how can we long-term address these issues that impact our community in a negative way and also cost taxpayers dollars? And the county, have you talked to the county? Because it sounds like the county might do this as well. Is this something that that came about together again, another joint effort? No, this has been, we have different contracts with the Humane Society, so they're going to be addressing this in a different way. I mean, the the same program. But they'll be doing it in a different, um, this will be different legislation for the county. All right. That's Mayor Mitch Reynolds on Cat Talk PM. Hey, thanks, Mitch. Hey, man. Thanks a lot. (laughs) See ya. All right. Thanks again to the Cross Mayor Mitch Reynolds. Cat Talk PM here. (laughs) I'm going to do that tomorrow. I'm going to talk to a bird expert. So, not like all for euthanizing cats, but it is kind of funny that we're going to release the feral cats. I get I get the concept, but also it's gonna it's gonna harm the bird population a little bit. Tomorrow, yeah, bird expert, Georgetown biology professor Pete Mara. Uh if you want to go to the Packers divisional playoff game, we've got that. Go to radiostuffstore.com. Not sure who they're playing yet. I don't I haven't so it's either, we don't know if it's gonna be February or January twenty second or twenty third, but check out radiostuffstore.com, Lambo bus trip. And if you want to go to a Badger game, Johnny Davis and the Badgers, February 5th, Johnny Davis and the Badgers against Penn State.